Hello, friends. Welcome into another edition of March to the Pod, presented by Eternal Roofing Baseball. Had a great weekend. They're 2-2 two and two right now. We're going to recap how they played against Oklahoma State and Rice, what we saw. Basketball, they kept rolling at home, and Bobby Williams got a contract extension. We're going to discuss that and some things to look on the horizon at when his contract, when this current contract he just signed, expires. I'm your host, Corey Hope, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channel, at Corey Hogue Sports. That's all one word, C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E, Sports. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU on Twitter and Instagram. Again, that's all one word, Sports of Twitter. Sports of SHSU, not sports of Twitter and Instagram. All right, the chief operate with this off to a great start, Ben. I can't even get through the first read. This is where we're at, and I haven't. We're just going to finish it. The chief operating officer of the Cat Fund and proud Bearcat alum, and uh, not only can I not get through, you know why I can't get through this, Ben? What's that? Because I, I saw a picture of you dressed up. At an alumni event, let me tell you, you know, I mean, if I was a little younger and I was a woman, I'd probably be, uh, probably be after you, man. Yeah, uh, we'll slow our roll. I, I, yeah, it was a, it was a fun event. A little cocktail attire, uh, the lifetime alumni dinner I was there with some other guys from Cat Fund and um, a couple other people. So it was a good night down in the. Uh, in downtown Houston, I think we were all following the basketball game. It was going on at the same time as Liberty, so we were definitely tuned in to everything going there, but also tuned in to that basketball game. Um, I won't say which one we were more t- tuned into, but it was a good night. <laughs> so it's a, a Sam Houston alumni event, correct? Yes. On a game night. And not at the arena of the home game. Yeah, so my my whole thing. There were a lot of people there. There were probably two hundred fifty people. That'd been um, a good crowd. Well, yeah, and well, baseball was playing as the event started. Baseball walked it off probably thirty minutes before the event started, and then uh, basketball played that night. But I was thinking, why don't you just do it the week before? Basketball was on a bye. And baseball hadn't started yet. No games were on, were at home. I think softball, yeah, because softball didn't even have any because they were rained out. Um, so I think they missed it by by a weekend. And there were a lot of people there that go to games that I saw. They miss a lot of things, Ben. And and this is something we're going to get into throughout this episode. It listen, it's a self inflicted wound. There's no need for that. Your alumni, if you're going to hold an alumni event when you have home sporting events, it should coincide with those sporting events. Kind of, I don't know. It happens all the time at every other school, not named Sam Houston. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But, yeah, I, I mean, even if the hotel you wanted was, was booked that night, move it to a different hotel or move the date back or up a week, whatever it is. So, yeah, because um, I mean, there's ways around it. Well, let, let's be honest, man. No matter where they hold it, Ben's going to look good. Can't give me that much credit, Corey. That's what we in my head, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. I need someone else to get in as much trouble as I get in. Uh, you're rubbing off on me. <laughs> you know who doesn't get in trouble, and that's our friends over at Eternal Roofing. And they're the get people you want to call if you need any 
sort of roof or repair work or general contracting. They are the ones. And, Ben, February, we're recording this on February 21st. We're getting to the end of February. Dude, Christmas is around the corner. People should start planning. Yeah, and those Christmas lights, installation, takedown of them, they do it all there at Eternal Roofing. And uh, it's crazy how long we've been doing this. Cause I remember we pitched the Christmas lights for four or five months, and now we're pitching them again, and it's ten months away. So uh, we've been doing this for a little while, and we're happy to have had Taylor as our sponsor at Eternal Roofing. Oh, definitely. We're on episode 28, uh, which, you know, is about 27 more than I thought we'd be allowed to last. To we'll be see honest. how long they let us keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, this could be the one that cuts the cord, all right? Right. <laughs> Will Corey get fired? <laughs> that is a question every time I'm on any sort of podcast. Yeah, let's hope it's not this one. Well, if it is, I'm going to go out like UIW, Texas A&M Commerce, at the end of a basketball game, going out throwing bows, man. I am very glad we are not a part of that conference anymore. Yes. That that conference is interesting, to say the least. We are off the rails. South and Stripes. Don't miss those. We're so off the rails. Back to our sponsor, Taylor Andrus. I think Turtle Roofing, you had nothing at all to do with Texas A&M Commerce UIW fight. He probably saw it on SportsCenter like the rest of us. Right, probably some damage done to the bleachers he's got to work on or something. (laughs) They might need to get a hold of him and get some general contracting work done after that. And, hey, if you do, give him a call. The Hill Country, he's got an office there. That's area code 830-251-5673. Montgomery office is area code 936-215-8539. Or you can just email them, taylor at eternalroofingtx.com, T-A-Y-L-O-R at eternalroofingtx.com. They are, I don't, I, I would like to say they're a proud sponsor, that, that Eternal Roofing is a proud sponsor of March of the Pod, but I think we're far more, more proud to have them as a sponsor than they ever would be to sponsor this show. And they, they let us keep doing it. Not only does Dave Campbell's and, but so does Taylor. He lets us keep going. Yeah, we'll see how long. I had my yearly review a couple weeks ago, and I didn't get fired, which was the first surprise to me. And the second surprise was they actually put the podcast down as a good thing that I've done. And I just don't think they're listening. <laughs> Come on, Corey. <laughs> it's obviously all me. That's why they're saying it's a good job. Look, the less I talk, the better it is, right? I guess. <laughs> well, that's how some people feel after what the crap I put out on social media, I'll tell you that. Yeah. you got to <laughs> ruffle some people's feathers sometimes. I do. But my only question is, am I wrong? And if the answer is no, then feathers need to be ruffled, and we're going to ruffle some. Let's get on into that, Ben. We have a baseball opening weekend, and I'll be darned the cats are greater than the Cowboys. They took the series, took the first two games, couldn't pull off a sweep, and then last night they ha- they held a lead going into the bottom of the eighth inning, I believe it was, yep. and just couldn't quite get the outs needed to get through there. Rice, Rice made a rally, and then things kind of went a little sideways. Score got a little bit further than it needed to be with some errors made. All in all, Ben, what would you say – um, looking back at that weekend, how do you feel about the baseball team? 
Yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag of what you saw out there. I think you saw some really, really good stuff um, from guys you've expected to perform, and then you also saw some stuff that um, is maybe a little concerning, I think, on the good end of it. I think the top end of your pitching show that can really compete with anybody um, almost in the country. I mean, Colton Atkinson, Marshall Wales, Logan Hewitt, Chandler David, um, Wyatt Tucker, guys like that, maybe your top six, seven guys. So they can really compete with almost anyone. So that's a huge sign because pitching wins a lot of games, especially in conference tournaments. Uh, but there was also a lot of inconsistency from the lineup, uh, whether that be at the plate or in the field. Saw some really good stuff on Friday night. Um, I think we had 10 to 12 hits, put up seven runs, really got to Oklahoma State. But um, Saturday, Sunday were really a struggle offensively. Um, just couldn't put a lot together. Was a little bit better last night against Rice. You, you had 11 uh, hits and a bunch of walks, but grounded into some double plays, um, some base running errors here and there. Just couldn't bring guys home. Um, and then also in the field too. I mean, you've got a very young left side of the infield, and that showed at times. Um, Jace Martinez and Blake Brown with a couple of errors over the last couple of days. So um, I think there was a lot of good. I think the fact that you competed with an Oklahoma State team that is around the top 25 in the country is really encouraging, but there's also a lot of stuff to work on. So it's still early, but um, thought it was a pretty good start to the season, and we'll see what they look like against Dartmouth this weekend. Yeah, and when you talk about how they played and how they started, uh, you know, throughout that weekend against Oklahoma State, they they really did a pretty good job in the field for the most part, I would say. Yeah, I think it really fell apart on Sunday. Um, I think they had maybe one error each of the first two games, and then it kind of fell apart there um, on Sunday. So, Well, let's see. They've had two, four, four errors. The, in fact, the game on Sunday, they had no errors. Well, so I, it's funny you say that because there was a hard ground ball hit at Blake Brown at third base that he probably should have had that kind of hit off his chest. And then there were two uh, pop flies that were hit between the first baseman and second baseman that just kind of dropped on the infield that nobody caught. So nobody touched it, so it wasn't an error, but it's still a fielding thing. So some execution issues. And you know what? That's what they didn't have in the first two games. They were really clean. And and that's what you do. To win baseball games, you've got to be the most clean team, whether it be errors, whether it be getting more walks, fewer walks allowed, right? Like it, it all kind of plays together. Uh, an out can be considered an error on the base. You know, when you're batting, you want less of those than the other team has. You know, you want those runs to come in. Right. Execution. That's yep. what it comes down to. I yep. did see one thing concerning uh, about this baseball team, though, and it's it's not for now. And you mentioned top end pitching is really good, and there are some good bullpen pieces. But there's no depth. And when you get to a regional, if you're wanting to get out of – you can get you can get to Omaha without depth because you can get through a super regional without depth. You don't need more than five, six pitchers to get to a super regional. You need eight to ten pitchers to get out of a regional in today's college baseball. And I don't see that on this roster right now. Yeah, I think you've got probably six you feel really comfortable with. Um, and then there's a couple names in there that are still trying to prove themselves and maybe they come along kind of later down the line. I think it was really encouraging on Sunday, even though it was a, a blowout that 
two true freshmen combined to throw four scoreless innings to finish the game. Um, Brock Rod and Ryan Peterson, they both threw two scoreless innings apiece in their first collegiate action. So maybe they're two guys out of the pen that will step up. But um, Atkinson looked really good. Cold Iron looked really good last night. Wales, uh, Hewitt, Tucker, um, David, you know you can rely on those guys. But can you get maybe one or two more in there to kind of round out, especially the bullpen, um, I think is going to be a big question. And when you when you talk about the freshman, that's a great start. Um, th- this is something to you know, scouting has just begun on those guys now, right? And so as these college teams get some more scouting done, how effective these guys are throughout the next three to four weeks is going to determine how effective they can be during conference play. It is, yeah. And I mean, it feels like every year the past few years there's been um, a true freshman step up. I mean, Braden Davis who's now at Oklahoma, had some really good um, freshmen. He had a really good freshman year. Um, You saw Jake Tatum last year at the plate have a really good freshman year. So those are two guys over the past two years um, that have really good years as a freshman. And so um, we've seen a little bit of that with Jace Martinez and Blake Brown, and maybe you can get one of those two arms and Peterson or Rod to step up as well. So going to need some of the freshmen to contribute with how how much turnover there is on this team. Now – Let's look at what the the true positives of this are. Because we just talked about all the things that are concerning in this and that. We're talking about June, May and June right now. We're not talking about this team, this part of the season. They've played four games against – three against Oklahoma State, one against Rice. That's solid competition. It is, yeah. And so now they get ready. They They face Dartmouth. I never say you should sweep a team. Y'all, you know, you don't want to count on more than – it's hard to beat a team, to sweep a team in college baseball at any level. And then you've got Houston Christian. And Houston Christian, I flipped over last night and saw they were playing the University of Texas, and I think in about the fifth inning it was a, a 15-run deficit somewhere around in there. So the schedule is a little – it's actually a lot lighter until they go to play Houston on uh, March the 5th. Yeah, and I think your next eight games are at home as well, so that that helps, um, especially with the travel. So it, you had a really r- difficult start to the year with Oklahoma State and the Rice team that is much improved from where they've been the past year or two. Um, and then you've kind of, I wouldn't say easy schedule. Um, I mean, no games are really easy at this level, but eight games that you, you should probably go six and two, maybe seven and one in kind of thing. So hopefully you can get guys in, some of the young guys, and get them experience. Um, play well. I think defensive positioning is a big thing to watch, um, seeing where guys can fit because um, we've seen Blake Brown struggle a little bit at third base. Jake Tatum is new to center. We saw Walker Yannick play second last night, so you're still toying with a lot of that stuff. And so hopefully you can get some of that figured out during this eight-game stretch. This eight-game stretch is crucial to the season, and not just because they need to win – a lot of these, if not every one of them that they, you know, and they won't be easy. It's never easy to hit a ball or throw a ball and get people out. Lots of things with it. No game at, at this level is ever easy, easy. But this is winnable games, the next eight. And you've got to take advantage of these. And you mentioned the lineup. This is when, th- this is that time where he's got to figure out his lineup. He's got to start figuring out who he can trust in that rotation and in the back of that bullpen, because after these eight games, you've got on the road against Houston, three Texas State, 
then Texas A&M, and you're into conference play, at that point in time, it's it's full go. It is. It really is. And, I mean, A&M is very good, as everyone knows. I mean, Texas State, I mean, they don't call them slam Marcus for no reason. They're going to hit four or five homers a game. U of H is a sleeper pick to really compete in the Big 12 or maybe win it. So, And then you go right into conference play. So, really got to figure it out these next probably two weeks and these eight games before you get into the meat of the schedule and things get really tough. Is that why they call it Slam Marcus? That is. That's where it, at least for baseball, um, oh. you should talk to Ish about it. I think he tweeted it a couple times this weekend. That's interesting. I thought it had something to do with alcohol consumption. <laughs> Maybe I that jokes. too. I got Maybe, I got jokes, man. That uh, that might play a small part in it as well. <laughs> it, it very well might. And Now, look, you mentioned earlier that it just – I'm starting to notice a trend with Sam Houston, Ben, and this is something that we're going to talk about here, and then we we may even get into a little bit at the end of the show. I I don't I think this is a university wide thing that has been an issue for a while, from what I'm understanding, and, and a lot of it is an attention to detail. You you know, I, I think I said to you in a text message uh, last night something along the lines of how an organization executes the minute details is how you can tell that they're successful because the ones that execute the minute details that you, that we all take for granted unless they show up, right? We don't notice it if, unless we show and then unless that happens, then we're like, wait, why, why is that? That shouldn't happen. Those details, this university is missing. First off, you hold an alumni event when you've got so many home events going on, and you could have had it the weekend before. Now you have players on your team, not every one of them, I don't believe, but players on your team are wearing, are still wearing a whack patch on their jerseys. Didn't? No, I'm not, I'm not going not gonna to get that way. You knew ahead of time that you were moving Conference USA. It wasn't a secret. You've known for quite a while. It's those details, Ben, that I'm talking about. Those are the details that until Sam Houston, and it's it's almost a culture of getting those details wrong at this time. And until it, it, just like with any bad habit, got to really focus you really got to focus on it to and notice it to get it corrected till that happens man I, you just it's self-inflicted wounds and it's things you just set yourself up for people to just rag on you about and they they will yeah and just to kind of talk about what the issue at hand i guess with baseball and the jerseys um i don't think all of them have conference usa i, I mean have whack logos on it but i know uh, some of them do, and your best player has a whack logo on their jersey. And even if uh, there's a patch over it that says Conference USA and it falls off, I think it's still an issue um, that you've got patches falling off on jerseys. And it isn't just a baseball thing that's been happening. Um, I know basketball, the first month or so of the season, they had what looked like a sticker or a patch on the jersey, um, and it would either fall off or would be hanging off in the middle of games. Um, I know football had a couple patches fall off, and then there was just nothing on that little part of the jersey. So it, it's frustrating. I mean, like you said, you've known the move was coming for 
a year and a half and um to get a little thing like a logo on a jersey done i mean it it seems like something simple and something that needs to be done quickly and effectively and it doesn't seem like that's been the case actually man it's bushly it, it just is and and you know it it doesn't start, it doesn't end with equipment managers but it surely plays a role in it right but if the equipment managers are seeing it and bringing it up then it starts to go up that chain it seriously we're talking uh, i have seen conferences change their logo in in D2 and every school has a new logo on the floor the next year. You can NCAA can make a change on the on the basketball floor, and every school will have it next year. We're talking about a jersey patch, something that could just be sewn on. Ben, it, it's the easiest, the smallest of details that make the university look bush league when they don't do them, and it's. It hurts, man. Like if, if somebody says, if somebody rags on it, I can't go, well, no, I mean, you're right now, you know? Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of add to it, and at least some of my frustration with it also is, I think it's that black jersey, and maybe even the white one as well for Sam Houston. It says Sam Houston, and underneath it, it says state. There's a little state on there, and obviously that's not what you refer to yourself in an, in, a, in a, for athletics anymore, so... Um, that's an issue. And then I know we've talked about this at length is the, the logos on the baseball field. I think it's probably the only stadium, um, on campus left, but every, every single logo really, um, at the park at Don Sanders Stadium is that logo pre 2019, 2020. Um, years. yeah, three, four years at this point at, at least. So you got to get that done. I mean, if you're going to rebrand, rebrand and do it. So. If you're going to rebrand, have the money to fully rebrand. Again, you're half-assing stuff, Ben, and, and, and that is never how you're going to be successful. Yeah, I mean, what is the old saying? How you do one thing is how you do everything, right? It, it really, attention to detail. I learned it in the Army. Uh, it was the one thing they taught me that was 100% true. Everything else was 99% bull. <laughs> <laughs> But it really is. It is attention to even the minute details. And look, I'm not saying that everybody's perfect, but, I'm, I mean, checking uniforms before the start of the season to make sure everything's right, and the name, the logo, there's just so many things. It's it's just really – I have no other way to really explain it other than Bush League. And if you want to join the big boys and be a part of the ones in Conference USA and FBS – then you need to have the money and the ability to act like it. And you don't see those problems at other schools. And if you do, those schools probably aren't winning a whole lot. And, I mean, just to kind of go along the same lines of stuff we've seen in the past year along these lines, I mean, the band and cheerleaders not showing up for the first half of basketball season, men's and women's. And then last year being picked to host the first round, at least a first round NIT game, and choosing to go play it on the road because you couldn't play it at home because you couldn't staff your arena. So, um, unfortunately, it's just kind of a constant trend, and hopefully it's something we can kind of see reverse now that you're in Conference USA. Budget continues to go up, so hopefully we can start to eliminate these kind of things. Well, ultimately, the responsibility falls on a person who just got a contract extension that we're going to talk about in the third leg of this podcast, Ben. So I'm not sure – 
I'm not sure we have anywhere else to discuss it with the baseball team right now. Yeah, I think I think baseball's done. I think we got baseball wrapped up, and hopefully we can sweep Dartmouth this weekend. Those nerds, right? There you go. So if we no wait, we're not done yet. My bad. We're a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on the various social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads at March to the Pod. It's all one word. The word March the number two the Pod. And hello to those watching on Dave Campbell's. YouTube page. We want to send a special shout out to you. We also want to ask you to take a moment. If you like what we do, help us out and subscribe to to what we to Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can do that at TexasFootball.com backslash subscribe. When you subscribe, you can get every game shown on Texan Live as well as all three magazines that we produce in a year including the Bible of Texas football, the basketball preview, and the recruiting edition, all can be done for as low as $50 a month for all of it. There are other tiers below that, the most, and that's a heck of a deal. So definitely go. We would appreciate you taking time to stop by texasfootball.com backslash subscribe and subscribe to the product. And we also – don't want to go in, into our second leg without giving our friends over at Eternal Roofing another shout-out. We told you earlier about the uh, Christmas lights, basically, and, and roofing and general contracting. Let's tell you a little more about the general contracting part. They can paint the interior, exterior of your home or business, install your gutters or garage doors, install floors. They can do any woodworking, crown molding, sheetrock. You know, they they can really do it all. And, and the thing, Ben, that they give you is they're going to give you free, detailed inspections of anything, right? The work they're going to give you is fast and professional. They're not going to pressure you to, to, to buy it. And then the, the warranties and the work workmanship is just top-notch. It is, yeah. It's one of a kind, and they've got that gallery there as well on their website to be able to check out everything they do. and. All the work they're able to put together, whether it be roofing, Christmas lights, and everything in between when it comes to general contracting. And that web address is eternalroofingtx.com. Like Ben said, they have a wonderful gallery there. They update it regularly. Go check out, see the work they do. Also, email Taylor if you're interested. T-A-Y-L-O-R at eternalroofingtx.com. While you're on the website, you can do that there. You can also give them a call, Montgomery Area Code Nine three six two one five eight five three nine Hill Country area code eight three zero two five one five six seven three. Cannot tell you how much we appreciate uh, Taylor Anderson, our friends at Eternal Roofing, who is also a Bearcat alum. But we will talk about that probably a little bit later. We like to mention that every time too, because uh, Bearcats supporting Bearcats is awful. Nice to have. And I'm apparently an honorary Bearcat, so I think I can say that now. You are. I gave you that title a couple weeks ago, and you've still got it. We'll see how long you can keep it. I'm impressed you have that power. Yeah, I don't know who gave it to me, but I'm giving it to you as well. Well, (laughs) that's that's incredibly wrong of you. All right. (laughs) Moving on into basketball. What a weekend they had. They, They took care of Florida International Kind of the way we expected to. They didn't run out of gas on this one against Florida International, and they got through that pretty well. 
went in to play a Liberty team, and that's the one we were watching, Ben. We wanted to see, maybe not in person, due to an alumni, I'm just saying. I'm still following just a little bit. Oh, I know, I know. (laughs) So we, we were talking about Liberty is a different style than Sam Houston. They they run more of a four-guard lineup, go a little faster. It gave the Bearcats fits last time. The Cats gave them fits. What did you see as a difference in that, Ben? Yeah, I think um, I put a tweet out that morning um, talking about what are they going to do to kind of adjust to that four, almost five-guard lineup that Liberty's going to run out. Are they going to maybe try to play zone, which is kind of scary against a team that shoots it well? Are you going to – um, go really small and take your bigs off the floor, and that's what they did. Um, Suleiman Dumbia and Kean Scroggins played a combined 17 minutes against Liberty on Saturday night. And so you really went small with Cam Hoofner and Damon Nicholas and Owen McGlash and as your five. And I think, man, it was probably the best game of the year from your guards. Um, and you went deep into your guard play. I mean, Anthony Bashej had to play a lot. Some of the guys got into foul trouble. I know Marcus Boykin and Lamar Wilkerson got into foul trouble early, so – um, guys stepped up, played really well, and um, maybe it was your best played game of the season. I know it was a little tense there down the stretch, a 25-point lead, getting dwindled down to seven or eight with about four minutes left, but closed it out one by ten and uh, was really a dominant effort for probably 35 to 37 minutes of that game on Saturday night. It really was. It, it was very impressive to see what they did and going to the smaller lineup worked beautifully. And what I saw Ben is a team that just became a lot more dangerous on on that game in that game against Liberty. They became a team. If Liberty had the weeps, right? Go to a four guard lineup, move fast. We could beat the cats. Uh Oh, <laughs> If you have the personnel to even try that, now you know you can't because you just saw Sam Houston (laughs) totally change how they operate and do that and play a whole different style. And a team that can play different styles is a really hard team to beat in a tournament. And that was exactly the point I was going to bring up is this team, I think I heard on the broadcast, it was an away broadcast, but. They were saying, man, Sam Houston's, I think when they played Western Kentucky on CBS Sports, they were saying, Sam Houston, they're a team that really doesn't do anything at an elite level. They're just going to be good at everything. And, I mean, there's been games where you win because you out-rebounded your opponent by 20. Um, I think we did that against New Mexico State. There's going to be games where your guard play is really just going to dominate. We saw that against Liberty. There's some games where I think your defense is really going to win you games. I think we held Middle Tennessee to, yeah, held Middle Tennessee to 51 points. Um, there's some games where you have to score up in the 80s. He did that and beat Louisiana Tech and shot it from three really well. So um, you might not lead the league in a ton of categories, but you can really play anybody's style, it seems like. Go big, go small, play fast, slow it down. And um, that's something that you really need, especially in a conference tournament when you're playing so many different kinds of teams. Did you notice a different energy to the lineup, to the defensive intensity on uh, Saturday against Liberty? Yeah, I I had the chance to watch most of it back the next day. And um, I think the team throughout the entire year, especially the past, this past week, just looks extremely connected, whether it be on the offense or defensive end. And uh, to be able to compete at that level um, defensively with that many guards on the floor when you're not used to it, 
I mean, that was really impressive. I mean, they just looked super connected on both ends of the floor. The energy that they in the quickness and the pace and speed they were moving that in getting around the places was really giving Liberty problems. It took that's what that, that Liberty took a whole game, uh, you know, a half and three quarters of a game really to even figure out how to get it. And that's honestly at that point, Sam Houston had a lead. They kind of relaxed for yeah. the last little bit. Look, it, I, it you don't have to do anything great if you bring that energy. Yeah, right? and. And the lineup you threw out there a lot was Marcus Boykin, David Barnes, Lamar, Wilkers- Lamar Wilkerson, um, Damon Nicholas, and like Owen McGlashan. And I mean, four of those five guys are maybe your four most athletic guys on the entire team. And so when you're playing a team like Liberty that's going to try to overwhelm you with their guards, I mean, you can really match them well because those four guys are super athletic and can defend really well, probably four of your best defenders also. All right. So now we know. They can play big-ish. They can play guard fast. What's the weakness of this team? Is it, it when we start talking about conference tournament and then getting into the NCAA tournament? I think the the biggest weakness I've seen is Sam Houston. I think is in the bottom ten or twenty in the entire country when it comes to two point field goal percentage. Um, it hasn't really bit them a ton because they've offensive rebounded at just an absolutely ridiculous clip so far. And you've shot it well from three, but, um, and that's kind of builds you out. But if you are shooting it well from three and you're not able to rebound it, um, I think we saw some of that against Jacksonville State. This team can really struggle um, and struggles to score it from inside the three point line sometimes. So if there's one weakness, I think it's probably your two point field goal percentage um, because if the three ball isn't falling or if you're not just completely dominating a team on the boards which is hard to do on a night-in, night-out basis, you're going to struggle. So that's probably the one thing I would point to. I was going to say front-court depth, and that might play into what you said. Right. You know, and front-court depth is it, at this level in uh, Conference USA, you don't find a team that has very good depth at the front-court. It's hard to find good big men. And so as they get into tournaments and stuff coming up here in the March, they, it'll, it'll be okay through Conference USA. When you get into the NCAA or, or any other postseason tournament and you start playing some of these teams from the Big 12, SEC, ACC, Pac-12, they're going to have more front court depth. And I think that is where we're really going to see – and there's nothing there's nothing Coach Mudge can do about it. Just try to recruit more of those depth players. But it's hard to get them when there's not as many of them to choose from. It's like offensive linemen. Yeah, exactly. And I think you have developed more depth, especially the last probably three or four weeks, because Cam Hoofner has returned to what he looked like last year. I think he's averaging 11 points per game over his last six or seven games. And so, but he's a guy that's mainly going to score it from the perimeter. He's not really a guy that's going to beat you inside. So, um, I mean, it's just been a struggle for us to score it inside the three point line, but you can shoot it well. If you can continue to rebound, I think you'll be okay, but you don't always want to rely on those two things. Well, this week is going to be rough. They are on, physical. It's going to be physical. It, it, it's a week that, honestly, right now, Ben, I think maybe more importantly than wins because they're in good shape. I think the most important thing is getting out of this weekend healthy. Healthy, and I think you need at least one win. You're in the driver's seat right now. I mean – 
there's pretty much three teams tied for the top, but you're 3-0 and against those teams. So you're in the driver's seat. If you can get at least one, you've still got a pretty good foothold there in the top two going into the final two weeks. Yeah, but, I mean, these teams are so, so physical. New Mexico State, Thursday night, 8 o'clock, CBS Sports Network. It's, it's at the Pan American Center, and then you turn around. 48 hours later, and you're playing, you're tipping off against UTEP and Joe Golding's teams, and we know that they just put on the boxing gloves and get right after you, and they're going to be at the Don Haskins Center. Um, the good news, because this is a big trip, it, it's going to be a tough, tough trip. The good news is after this trip, it's a week off before they play another game, and then two of their final three are at home. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be a tough week, but you get your, your second buy of conference play before coming back home and you finish with two out of three at home. And, um, those are two games you're probably, you probably should win at least. So you got two wins there. Hopefully you can get at least one this weekend. That would put you at a minimum of 11 and five. And you really almost have to be a top two seed in the conference tournament. I feel like because the top two seeds, um, they get a buy. Um, you don't have to play that first round game. So you're playing a team that's coming off another game. Um, so getting a top two seed is really crucial going into the conference tournament. Okay. So how many wins do they need to get that seed? I would say a minimum of three. You have to have at least three. And I, I say, I would say four, but Louisiana Tech, they've got their three game road trip coming up and they're going to, I think they fall at least once or twice. Um, they go to UTEP, to New Mexico State, and then to uh, Western Kentucky. Um, so that's a that's a Thursday, Saturday, Wednesday, I think, for them. That's what Sam Houston did a couple weeks ago, um, all on the road. And that's going to be really tough. So I think if you can get three, you're going to be able to be able to at least be in the top two. And you won both games over Western Kentucky, so they'd have to beat you outright. So. I think three would get you a top two seed. Four would secure a top two seed, maybe even one seed. Oh, you know, I might. uh, I don't know if you've seen because, I mean, it's non-D1, but I do these magic tragic numbers for, like, the Lone Star Conference in the American (laughs) Southwest and the SCAC uh, as to who could get it. Maybe I need to start doing that so I can come up with the scenarios for Sam Houston. Yeah, I'll send, I actually have a chart that was put together by Bill Hardy. He's a New Mexico State fan of every team or every team in the conference, what games they have left home and road. And uh, yeah, I think Louisiana Tech's got it brutal. I mean, absolutely brutal. Three of their last five, three in a row on the road. Liberty's got it really easy. Western Kentucky's got it pretty easy. Sam Houston's kind of in the middle. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun stretch run here with about five games left. Yeah, and I'm a, a baseball fan, so of course I do magic and tragic numbers, right? Yeah, I love a good magic number. Reminds me of playoff baseball. You don't like tragic numbers, man. Just magic. Just magic. We only yep. want magic. Speaking of magic, if you didn't hit the magic fairy and didn't grow any trees in the backyard with money on them, like my parents told me didn't exist, then maybe you don't have, like me, maybe you don't have the money that you can give to donate to build the new press box at Bauer Stadium. But that doesn't mean you can't help support Sam Houston Athletics. And how you can do that is through the CAT Fund. Ben, tell us about how they can get involved for people interested in the CAT Fund. 
Yeah, cat-fun.com um, is the website. You can see all the membership tiers there starting at as little as $10 a month. Um, definitely the place to go. All money goes back to our athletes at Sam Houston. Um, yeah, great place to get involved, support these athletes, and support the community. So, yeah, get involved at cat-fun.com. You got any events or anything coming up that uh, you'd like to mention here? Yeah, nothing too much right now. I know spring football is pretty much about a month away. It's actually less than a month away. And uh, we're going to be having a lot of spring coverage um, over on the Cat Fund exclusive page. Might have some maybe after spring practice events on a Saturday or something with some players from football or basketball, maybe looking at some of that. So, um, yeah, a lot of coverage coming up at Cat Fund and uh, definitely want to be a part of that as we gear up for year two in Conference USA for football. Yeah, definitely want to do that. And and another thing we want to do is give a shout-out to our friends over at Eternal Roofing, Taylor Anderson Company. They do a fantastic job. We've told you about the general contracting. We've told you about the Christmas lights. We haven't told you about the certain tea shingles, man. Like, they, you get really good stuff, you know. Yeah. And when you're talking certain teas, you're talking th- uh, shingles that are going to give you superior weather resistance. They're going to last forever. They look great. You can't go wrong with any of that. And then if you're like, man, I got a business, though, Corey. What do I do for my business? Taylor, Taylor has you. Relax. They're specialists. R-E-L-A-X. R-E-L-A-X. They're specialists in commercial roofing. They have the ability to accommodate HVAC, any system you have on your roof, and they're going to they're going to do it while ensuring minimal disruption to any of your operations during the installation or repair. They are the people to call for commercial, residential roofing, and general contracting services throughout the Hill Country and Houston area, and you can get a hold of them in the Hill Country offices. Area code eight three zero two five one five six. Seven three Montgomery is area code nine three six two one five eight five three nine and you can always email Taylor Taylor at Eternal Roofing Give them a call and we really appreciate Taylor and supporting the Bearcats and supporting he's an alum of the Bearcats and so maybe maybe. Then, as we get into this third leg, how about we start talking about this? The culture of Sam Houston, that we that we said some of this needs to change. I feel like the growing roar of that movement is from the younger alums, 30s, 40s. And I, I feel that if that groundswell continues, that's the group that could lead the changes that we want to see at Sam Houston. Yeah, lead the changes, absolutely. Um, and it's a group that obviously in a social media age is going to be very vocal because that's what people my age and people in their 20s and 30s like to do, and that's where they like to voice their opinions. Um, but also I think it's – that 20, 30, 40s group is the group that's going to have to step up for the next age of San Houston Athletics, not only for change, but also from a donation and involvement standpoint. Um, I know just being around the university for a couple of years, a lot of people that are involved that do a lot of stuff have done it for 30, 40, 50 years. And it's time we start to cultivate that next generation of people that step up. So 
it's good that we're looking for change, that you want change, that you want things to be a certain way, but also got to get involved um, in whatever way that might be. So uh, that's just kind of my take, I guess, on the younger generation than being vocal about wanting to see some change. Well, uh, the fact is right now they care, right? And you know, when you get out of college, you could have debt. A lot of people do. It takes a while to really get going and get yourself financially stable enough to the point you feel you can donate to a university for a lot of people. That's how it is. So the fact that they care is good. We need to cultivate that because I think in 10 years, when they start to hit, you know, 40s and 50s, they're going to find themselves in a place where they're like, you know, I can give some. And then it builds, right? And it grows. We got to find a way to get them involved. And when you mentioned that a lot of the people are the older generation, we've got to start getting, you got to get some of these younger people in there as well. And look, you can, you can see my face and tell I ain't one of them. Yeah. You're somewhere in between Corey. Come on. Um, You know, (laughs) (laughs) what mid mid thirties, mid forties. Yeah. (laughs) Getting, Getting closer to the 50s. Each. All right. Give me a little credit. We ain't going to talk about that yet. Dude, this grade, well, look, I earned the grade. Right? We've talked about that. Uh, so here's a question. Bobby Williams just got a contract extension. Takes him through August of 2026. A, a modest race. 50000 a year. Uh, that's what, you know, that's modest. He... he Incentives, 15000 for making a bowl game, that'll incentivize me. 10000 for NCAA tournament in any sport, that also would incentivize me. If he leaves before the end of fiscal year 24, which isn't that long, it's $35,000 buyout after 10000 So I, they're not expecting anyone to come looking for Bobby Williams if they were to fire him without cause one-year base pay. Those are the details of his contract. Here's my question. I I understand, and I I agree. Extending Bobby through August 2026 is is the right move right now for Sam Houston and for the department as they're going through all these changes and building stuff. Is August 2026 when when Bobby – Bobby's got to start looking at retirement soon, right? Like – we got to start planning for what happens after that. And that that sounds like a number to me, Ben, that it might be time for him to retire and someone else younger to step in there and lead the Cats. Yeah, that's that's everything I'm hearing and everything, just looking at the contract and just kind of things in general. It seems like that's going to be the end of it. Um, and, I mean, it's going to be one heck of a tenure, and there's been a lot go on in his time here. But, yeah, it's looking like that August of 2026 going into that 2026-2027 athletic year is probably going to be the end of it. And that's right when the press box is scheduled to open. And uh, I know that's important to him to get that done. And the timeline that we saw come out um, is for a completion for the 2026 season. So it all kind of lines up that it looks like he's probably going to finish out the remainder of this contract these next couple of years and then probably retire. But you never know, but that's what it's it's looking like for right now. Well, it does, and 
you know, that would be great. Go out on top, have that news here. Now let's bring someone in young, someone who can bring a lot of energy to the department and the program. Uh, Bobby has been very good as far as an athletic director goes. He he is going – his tenure will live, right? Like his legacy is set uh, yeah. as far as that goes now. Yeah, and I was going to say that I think the one thing that will always stick with what he did during his time here is he hired very well, especially across the main – the big sports that everybody knows and talks about. I mean, Willie Fritz and Casey Keeler over the past 20 years, really good. Ron Randleman as well. He was there for Randleman. Um, you're looking at basketball. You had Bob Marlin, Coach Hooten, now Coach Mudge, hired very, very well. Baseball, you had Matt Deggs, obviously, who did a great job, led us to a couple tournaments. Jay Sirianni's done a good job. So hiring, especially these last 20 years, he's done a really good job in, and I think that's a big reason why we've had some success, and I think that might be one of the defining um, parts of his tenure is how well he hired. It definitely is. So congrats to Bobby. And let's let's push, right? Let's push through August. I know he will. I know he, he's worked hard for Sam Houston. I know he will continue to do that. There's something interesting that also happens in 2026, Ben. Casey Keeler's contract is up in 2026. And, you know, he got an extension for more than one year after he flirted with Texas State and and things of that nature. At, if 2026 is a time when the Sam when Bobby Williams is going to retire, and you're going to start looking for that next athletic director, what do you do with Keeler's contract at that point? Because you always hear it, ADs like to hire their own people. Sometimes though, the person that has the job is that AD's person as well. It grows on that AD. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And just kind of a timeline perspective is obviously Bobby's contract is supposed to end in August of 26, so right before the 26 football season. And so his contract expires. And then about four months later, Keeler's contract is going to start to come up because that's the final year of his deal. So is the new AD going to want to bring in his own guys? Is he going to want to keep Keeler, give him an extension? Does Bobby give Keeler an extension? maybe in the next year or two to extend them into the next 80s contract or whoever that is. Um, it's definitely something to monitor um, over these next year to over the next year or two. And then um, obviously into 2026, which is shaping up to be a pretty good year. Well, and then if cats make it to a bowl game in 20 in 25, does Keeler is Keeler still around come 26? I think that's a legitimate question. Yeah, does Keeler even want to come back, or is he going to retire? Is he going to want to, I don't know, move somewhere else, do something else? I mean, there's a lot of moving parts with that 2026 year, and um, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Well, if that ain't a positive note, Ben, I don't know what is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) So positive. How are you feeling, Cats fans? (laughs) A little uncertain, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, look, are there issues? Yes. Are there things that need to be solved? Of course. Is it easier to see that than it is the successes and the things that are good? Yes. Look, it's not all all bad, right? Like, Sam Houston is doing well. You've got the football team had – they weren't horrible. It was respectable first year at FBS. 
Your basketball team is very respectable. Your baseball team is on the right path. Softball, getting there. I mean, there's a few sports still. Golf is really good. Bowling is very good. Yeah, There's a lot of things to be excited about. The future of Sam Houston is still really bright. The reason why it's important to bring up these things that are that are setting it back, self-inflicted wounds, is to get into those details now. And then get used to doing that now. And then in a couple of years, you're ready to take flight as this program really has transitioned into the FBS and, and Conference USA. Yeah, a critical couple of years, obviously, with this probably, be, probably being Bobby's last few years um, as you kind of set your footprint in the FBS landscape, Conference USA landscape. And, um, yeah, it's a really critical two years to get the press box built. I mean, um, there's going to be a lot going on, and this is where you are, and you got to make the most of it. And uh, there's no excuses at this point. Year two in Conference USA is almost here for a lot of these sports, and it's time to start competing if you aren't already. At the end of the day, you're not law tech. Thank goodness we aren't. Man, nobody wants to be law tech, right? Yeah, or SFA, or Texas State, Southwest Texas. I wasn't going there. I just had to throw in a couple of other names. I I, I can't go there, Ben. You want to talk about what get me fired quick? (laughs) Bashing on other Texas schools. Especially a non-FBS school. (laughs) Carthel's feelings can handle it. Hey, look, I you know I could sit here and talk to you about the the Jags, but he's made some changes this year, man. I I that football team could be a lot better next year. Nah, they better be. I mean, it's not been pretty the last year or two at at this point. There was a lot of coaching staff changes, and they brought in some really good ones. I know he's excited. I'm excited for them as well because that's that's how I keep my job. Texas team's doing well. That's right, man. You guys got to win. <laughs> or, I mean, a bunch of coaching changes, and you write a bunch of articles about that, and they do well. That's still <laughs> happening, man. Baylor took Tarleton's offensive coordinator today to be the Bears' offensive line coach. We're I know. at February 21st, and I've still got coaching. And here's the thing, Ben. Like, this weekend, for those who really care what Corey does with his real life, uh, this weekend is Division Three conference tournaments. You know what happens after conference tournaments in? The coaching conference. carousel begins, yep. right? So that we're we're still with football carousel is still going. College basketball Division Three starts after this weekend. Then they also have their NCAA tournament the first couple of days of March. Then the next weekend is Lone Star Conference. Then NCAA tournament. You see, you see how the light, how this cycle just seems perpetually going for me. The dominoes just keep going. They just keep on going, especially in football. I mean, it just, I mean, what was it, Georgia Southern or Georgia State a week or two ago, their head coach left and they were about to start spring ball in a couple of weeks. It just, it never ends. Yeah. Baylor's lost three coaches, two to, two to other teams uh, in the FBS and one to the NFL in, in like the last two days. Yeah, it just seems like everything is just kind of rising to the top. I mean, whether that be the NFL or the group of four teams, it just feels like everything is rising to the top. If a team at the top needs somebody, they're going to pluck your guy. I mean, and that's what it is. 
Yeah, and I'm one of those that helps that because uh, coming out soon, I'll have a Tarleton Candidates for Offensive Coordinator list. Yeah, didn't you have something on UHB, UMHB as well? I did. UMHB needs a defensive coordinator. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just – it's that time of year. I'm actually – it's fun. I've got things I'm actually trying to do. Like, I have investigative articles beyond the one I released last week on the Division II Home Star Conference leading score. I've got other ones that are deep diving into some of these things, some of the transitions and some of that stuff. I have great plans. I, I can't get them written. I've tried to do an inside the numbers from signing day two weeks ago, and I, I can't get it done because I'm having to stop and do coaching news. I know, man. It, football is really – it already was, but it's become even more a year-round thing. It's It's really incredible. Well, wait, while we're on here, let's talk a little bit about this does uh, do with the Cats. I don't know if you saw yesterday, NCAA president said he ain't interested in hearing the coach's complaints about NIL. Right. Right? Hey, look, I can understand that point of view. In a lot of ways, I support that point of view. If coaches are able to leave whenever they want to leave, then players should be able to get paid too, right, in, in the transfer portal and go if they want to go. Um Interesting thought, though. We've we've limited players to a 30-day window to enter a portal. What if we have a coach portal, too, and we just make it all fair across the board? Yeah, I mean, that is definitely something to look at also. And um, other college football news, because it never ends, uh, the 5 plus 7 model was adopted yesterday. So the pretty much the highest-ranked group of five is going to continue to stay in the playoffs, at least for the next couple of years. So. That's a good sign for a group of five teams, and, yeah, it never ends, does it? Pete Thamel reported half hour ago, This again, we're doing this on Wednesday afternoon, that uh, the CFP discussed moving to a 14-team uh, at their meetings in Dallas today. Yeah, I so saw that. So nothing would happen until 2026. Man, 2026 could be a big year. Yeah, I mean, we're really three years out. We're – we're really looking at it, looking at it hard. Has the presidential election started for that yet, or where? Like that feels nonstop as well now. Yeah, there's probably some sort of election going on that year that we will not be covering on this channel. No, well, there there will be midterms, but dude, even presidential politics has become a four year cycle. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Look what we've done with all this information, Ben. Created a monster. We did, and that monster's name is Corey. Or at least that's what my mom said. He's still got a job. I still have a job. I think I'll have one tomorrow, too. We'll have to wake up and see. We, we will find Yeah, well, that's the first key to having a job is waking up tomorrow morning. <laughs> Baby steps, right? <laughs> that's right. Ben, this was fun as always. I want to say thank you to you. And also, we want to say thank you to everyone who is listening and watching this nonsense most of the time. Without you... None of this is possible until we we meet again, which will likely be next week, hopefully, as long as we all wake up a few times. A few times. Ben, <laughs> take us out. Eat them up, cats, and let's get some big wins this weekend. And wake up at least a few times. <laughs>